Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we're broadcasting from the top of the Habert Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is 106.5 FM Forward Radio, and you can find out a little bit more about our station if you go to forwardradio.org. We are live streaming now, so you can go to that website, click on a button, and you can hear us anywhere in the city, anywhere in the state, anywhere in the country anywhere in the world. There are also, uh, if you go to that website, there are podcasts and archives, so you can hear the uh, the uh, the prior shows that we've made in the past. Uh, uh, so uh, we welcome you all to Forward Radio. Again, I'm on, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and I'm K.A. Owens, and we're blessed and favored to have Naeem Torkanian here with us today. Welcome to our show, Naeem. Thank you. Glad uh, that I'm here, and thank you for the opportunity. So, uh, Naeem is here to talk about some of the things that are going on in uh, Iran. Uh, Naeem is part of the Iranian-American community right here in Louisville, Kentucky. And there's there's, uh, action all over the world over the concern around the death of Masa Amini. So, Naeem... Tell us a little bit about what is going on in Iran uh, at, at this time in history. So, as you mentioned, uh, everything started after the death of 22 years old Mahsa Amini. She was an innocent girl. She was just like uh, visiting Tehran, the capital of Iran, for her birthday weekend. She caught by morality police because she didn't have proper hijab based on their description. So, she dead in the custody of, she died in the custody of morality police, and based on uh, eyewitnesses, she, uh, the morality police on a way, t- uh, on a way uh, to take her to the education center, beat her, and uh, she died by like a head injury. And after the death of Mahsa Amini, it was just like a trigger pulled for the, over the anger of Iranian people, and it kind of started the wave of uh, kind of revolution. So right now people are talking about all the problems that they have in the last 43 years. They are asking for the basic human rights, they're asking for freedom of speech, they're asking for freedom of religion, they're asking for separation of church and state. So it's just like all what they have little by little going on and kind of have it in the background is just like come up again. And they're all on the streets right now asking for their basic human rights, their freedom. So, uh, there is an Iranian uh, community here in Louisville, and the Iranian community is doing some visibility uh, events around this situation. So, tell us about that. So, not even here in Louisville, all around the world, what we could do as someone outside of Iran is to be their voice. The problem here is they shut down the internet. They try to cut the connections between Iranian people and the outside world. So I could tell you, I'm not a professional journalist or I'm not anywhere anything pro, but all I know is I have family back there. I have friends back there that I'm contacting with them really hard. It used to be much easier, but with like internet shutdowns, it's hard to contact them. But when you see some videos or some news from Iran, and based on the state... Media, they accepted about 400 deaths. 
so far, which the numbers could be much higher. This is the one that they approved. And about more than 15,000 prisoners. So this is something that we as a people outside of Iran, I feel responsible to be the voice of Iranian or to be voice of anyone in danger because this is a like human right issue. If you stand with the people that need help anywhere in the world, in Ukraine, in Afghanistan, in Africa, when we stand together, it's hard for totalitarian or like dictatorship governments to put like hard time for their people. At this point, people of Iran need help and we are here to support them. So what we could do is just be their voice. Let the world know what's going on inside and just not let them to wipe that part of history or kill people without any explanation. They have to be responsible for what they're doing. People are in the streets, the empty-handed, just chanting for woman life freedom, which is simple. They just ask for a simple human right, simple basic human rights, but what's the answer? Live ammunition. This should stop. So as the Iranian community here, we try to gather every Saturday. Recently we start gathering like on the corner of Barstown Road and Eastern Parkway around 1 p.m. to be their voice because as many people knows about the situation and be the Iranian voice or anyone in need is just like better for the whole mankind as a people of the world because the safe Iran is a safe world and the safe world is what we need, just peace. So um, the first, uh, uh, I recall a significant Iranian population in Louisville was uh, some years ago when there were uh, more than several Iranian students at the University of Louisville. And I believe this was under when the Shah was still in power. Uh, and so how has the, the population changed or shifted since that time? So since 1979 and like the change in Iranian government, Shah went and uh, the Ayatollahs show up, it's, it's changed. So before 1979, it was more stable situation in Iran. It was easier to come here to the U.S. even as a student or visiting someone or as a tourist. People used to come here, study, and go back and start their own normal life back in Iran. But after 1979 and those uh, 444 days of hostage situations and closing the embassies, it was just like hard for you to get in and out from Iran to here. So the students that used to be here for bright future, come back to their loved ones and their families, kind of stuck here, they couldn't come back. And after that, it gets really hard to come here because there was no embassy, no relation. And then by the time goes, like different people come with the different situations, mostly as refugees. Then they started accepting students with like a student visa, which was really hard. So little by little, People used to come here, and mostly whoever comes here, they never want to come back. Because even as a student or a refugee, when you come out of a situation that is hard, and when you come here to see the freedom, you really don't want to go back to that situation. But when you are here, you try to be your people's voice to make sure whatever you have here, whatever freedom you get here, they could have it back there because they deserve freedom too. So 
When you look at the situation in Iran now, what is the hope for the future? And what can the people of the world do uh, to assist in a brighter future for Iran? So there are lots of problems right now back there in Iran. Like something that maybe here you feel like this should be really simple to have a right to wear whatever you want to wear or to have a relationship however you want it or like walk a dog in the street, going to the stadium, watch a game, playing like musical instruments. These are some things that women in Iran cannot do it. As a woman in Iran, they have to tell you how to wear your dress. They're not letting you to go watch a game in a stadium. You cannot have a, you cannot leave the country without your husband or your brother or father's permission. These are some like basic human rights that here in the United States, because we born with freedom and never had these issues, we never think of there are some countries that fighting for these small things. As a minority religion or minority ethnic groups, you have a hard time back there. Like, there are like some major religions back there that they don't have a place to pray, a place to prayer. So, there are some type of dictatorship back there which stop people from practicing what they want. So, what people are hoping at this point is to have those basic rights, to have freedom of speech to have a freedom of practicing any religion or no religion if they want. So these small things putting together, giving these people hope that they could come out and ask for a better future for themselves, for the kids, for the future of their country. And what people in the world could do is just be their voice, talk with their representatives, because no one is not looking for any type of like war or any type of military actions everything should be done by like speaking or talking or just like when the last week about 10 days ago the UN uh, General Assembly get together and they voted to start a truth funding committee to go and check what's going on in Iran and that was with the pressure of the whole world so if it wasn't like that, if it wasn't like all these people going around and asking their representatives to be the Iranian voice, that wouldn't happen. So since September 16th that Mahsa Amini did, there are lots of big gatherings all around the world. Like every Saturday, there is something going on all over. Like on October 1st, it was more than 180 cities all around the world that gathered together about 50,000 people in Canada, over 80,000 people in Berlin, Germany. Every week since then, over 10, 15,000 people in Washington, D.C., in Los Angeles, in San Francisco, all over the place. We are just going to be there and talk with the public about don't forget those people in need. Like, I believe it was two nights ago, Former Secretary of State, Mr. Mrs. Clinton, she had like opening of an art festival or something. She just mentioned it again. Don't let these news go old. 
we the voice of those people need. Their fight is our fight. That's her quote, exactly what she said. Their fight is our fight. So maybe our job is kind of harder here because we have to convince other people that what's going on and kind of telling them the story, which is hard to believe. People in Iran, they're fighting for their lives. They just, they don't know if they go to the street, are they going to come back alive or dead? But we are here, we don't have any of those threats, but we have to make sure not give up and be the voice. So, um, uh, it's uh, very inspiring that there are people all over the world willing to stand up for uh, uh, Masa Amini. Uh, uh, that's impressive. Uh, and, you know, what uh, this sort of nonviolent, what you're saying, what it's needed sort of nonviolent governmental pressure and social pressure and political pressure on the on the on, on the state of uh, nation state or the government of of Iran. So, how amenable do you think that the current government of Iran is sort of listening to sort of uh, these voices coming from all over the world? Uh, are they listening? So, in general, they try to deny everything. That's like the first step of every dictatorship place that, oh, there is nothing going on. Everything is calm. Everything is good. But then they will get to the place that say, no, everything is not calm because you could see all of these people in the streets. They try to shut down the Internet to cut the ties and not letting the world know what's going on inside. But, and this is, let me tell you this, this is not the first time something like this happened. So... I could tell you from that 1979, nothing was before, nothing was like before. And little by little, people were upset and angry. It was about eight years war with Iraq, which kind of put everything on hold because whatever problem that they have, they kind of related, make it related to the war and everything should be like, everyone should be quiet because, oh, we are in a war. Okay, that goes. And then after the war, they start, putting all of this pressure on the mi minorities and, like, killing prisoners. And, like, they were, like, a ma mass executions of political prisoners since then. Then about, like, 2009, I will just going to the recent, which everyone's remember, including myself, they call it Green Movement. It was just, like, a big, revel a big kind of uprising against after that uh, election problem that we have. Lots of people died at that time. Everything goes kind of slow again. Then a couple years ago in 2017, uprising after the increasing of the gas price, they killed lots of people in that uh, couple days. And this time is a little bit different because this time, as everyone in the world talking about, it's a woman-led uprising, which is totally different. And... Something else that I could see different this time is there are lots of celebrities, lots of athletes, lots of artists and journalists from the Iran are with, with this movement at this point. And each of them showing their support in a different way. So as you know, hijab is mandatory in Iran and you have to follow this, the government's rule of how to cover your hair 
or your body. That's why Mahsa Amini died, because she have not followed the rules. But since then, there are lots of female celebrities that taking off their hijab in solidarity with the people, which put their own life and career in danger. Lots of them got, like, caught and, uh, means, imprisoned because of that. But they said they want to be with the people. They are tired of this situation. There are a couple famous actresses that took their hijab off and end up in a jail, but they didn't go back and say, no, we are not sorry about what we did. We are with the people. One of the ways that maybe you uh, kind of notice all around the world happening are ladies uh, cutting their hair, which means they are angry about the situation. And this goes viral all over the world. I could tell you from all over the world, different countries, different ethnics, different people start cutting their hair in solidarity with the brave people of Iran. There are lots of professional athletes that they said they don't want to play for the national team anymore in solidarity with the people. They try to use some symbols to support the protesters. And most of them get caught or kicked out of the national team or the competitions or imprisoned because of what they did. So what government is going to do right now, back to your question, I just try to give you some like background. And the World Cup sort of figures into this as well. Yeah, so what's going on right now with the government is they try to deny everything. Then around like a week ago when that UN assembly get together and start that uh, calling for that truth finding committee, the government in Iran tried to make everything like ease it down. They released lots of uh, famous prisoners, not the like regular people, over 15,000 people that they are in jails right now. They released a couple of the professional uh, athletes, a couple of the well-known uh, actresses, two of the well-known activists to say, oh, this is, everything is cool here. They kind of start walking in the streets and sending their own people outside and try to show that everything is cool. Why? Because they want to tell the world, oh, there's nothing going on here. Everything is cool. Every, everyone's happy. Why again? Because they heard that Truth Finding Committee is going to come and check what's going on around here. So, yes, and I will say yes, they will be affected by international committee's decisions. Right now, like the G7 going to talk about some situations. Next month, I believe, is going to be another uh, UN vote to see if they're going to let Iran stay in a woman right committee in the United Nations. See, that's like something everyone's laugh when then they hear that Iranian governments are in part of the woman right committee in the UN. <laughs> that's something like, really? <laughs> so it's just like, yes, it's going to be really effective. International pressure is the, the thing that we need right now to make them responsible for what they're doing and make them answer why they're doing this or tell them about what we need. Well, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, interesting, uh, uh, not necessarily good way that uh, that even in the 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 twenty first century, uh, that uh, that women's rights is still 
such a key issue. Uh, that is the uh, the urge to keep women from expressing themselves, uh, and uh, and it's not just in Iran; it's in other countries as well, and, and not just in Muslim countries. In other countries as well, there's sort of a desire uh, uh, in Christian countries. There's still a desire to control female behavior. It's just uh, fascinating why the freedom of women is so frightening to some people. Uh, 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 so it's just to me it's almost a phenomenon that it's, it's, it's hard to understand why you know women going where they want to go and dressing how they want to dress and uh, you know if a woman wants to stand on the street corner and play a guitar and sing uh, you know why that's so uh, uh, frightening uh, like I say not only in Iran but in other countries as well so yeah, I, that was a great point that you brought up. When uh, I was in the University of Louisville to talk with uh, different departments about how we could raise the voice and how we could like be the voice of Iranian woman, and I kind of uh, came across with uh, a friend of mine from India that she said they're kind of like a different opposite situation in India in certain places that they're forcing Muslim women to not wear hijab. And I'm just thinking, like, what's wrong with these people? Why they're not letting people to choose how they want to live? Unless they're harming someone, but they shouldn't be a... I shouldn't really say someone to wear or not wear something. It's just, like, crazy all over the world. As you said, it's not only in Iran. It's just, like, all over the world they have to be, like... I will call it like unity in diversity. We are all together. We have to make it together. The, the, the rights of women and men should be kind of equal. I always, I'm part of a religion minority. I always like taught uh, as a child that women and men are like two wings of a bird. And the both wings should be at the same strength that bird could fly easily. If one of them get shorter than the other one or one of them get more stronger than the other one the bird cannot fly so this is how I'm thinking everything should be equal everything should be like peaceful this is something I don't think this is hard but we have to change some old mindsets so uh, and uh, yes women should have the freedom too there's a there's a uh, here in the states uh and I don't know where she's from, but uh, there's a female basketball player who's very, very good. But she, but she wraps her head and has uh, a sort of uh, uh, conservative garb while she's playing, and she could play very well in this garb. But it's something that she wants to do, and uh, it's just um, fascinating to watch her on the basketball court. She's better than I am, and she's uh, you know. Like long sleeves and uh, uh, her legs are covered, and it's got kind of a headdress. But she can really play like that, and that's just what she wants to do. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, uh, so that's what you were talking about. In some countries, because of anti-Islamic sentiment, they're trying to keep women from wearing the hijab. Uh, so, uh, so yes, yes. So, uh, well, uh, you know. Uh, well, the tw- the 21st century, uh, well, you know, we have we sometimes we have more and have less all at the same time. So, 
I could just kind of flash back to my situation back in Iran when I was back there. As, a, as I said, the, the religious minority, it's hard for you to express yourself who you are. Even as a woman, man, old, young, it's just like they want to control your life. And when I came here to United States about 10, 11 years ago, and I came here to pursue my happiness, to do whatever I cannot do back there, which one of them was going to university. Because for certain people back there, after high school, there is no, no future. So I came here, I just realized, man, this country gave me lots of opportunity. I'm thankful to be here in the United States because it gave me the opportunity to study, to find a job, to do what I want, and I could freely talk about what I need, and I could be the voice of my people. There are lots of people in, all around the world that don't have this opportunity. So I want to ask everyone that have this opportunity to be the voice, because we have to be together at this, because their fight is our fight. Their problem is our problem. We are part of a bigger community. It's a global all related together. So we all have to be in this together for Ukraine, for Afghanistan, for Iran, for whoever need our help since we have this opportunity to be their voice. So folks, uh, we're here today with uh, uh, Naeem Tarkanian. Uh, you're listening to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens. And we're talking about uh, uh, things that are going on all over the world around the death of Masa Amini on September 16th, 2022, in Iran, who was uh, in, uh, detained by uh, the uh, so vice police. Morality police. Morality police. So it, just maybe... You don't hear about morality police. I will tell you what morality police is. They are the ones that walking around the streets and telling you how to wear your dress, what to do on the streets, and they're just like going to stop you if they feel like you wear the dress the way they don't like. That's the morality police. That's how funny it is. So do the morality police, do they talk to... Iranian males about anything, or is it basically focused on women? 99% focus on women, but even the males have some dress codes too. You cannot wear shorts in the streets. You cannot have, uh, what, what do you call the ones uh, with no... Uh, short sleeve shirts? Yeah, kind of the one with the... The wife beaters? Yes. Uh, so it's just like crazy. You, you, males, is easier for them to follow because, okay, I'm not going to wear short. Mm -hmm. But for female, to wear, like to cover everything... In like a 120 degree, 80 percent humidity summer is hard. Mm -hmm. It's not all all the Iran in this temperature, but there are sometimes it's a hot summer days, and you have to cover everything, including your hair, your kind of hands, your feet. So that's why they're more talk with the girls because it's kind of harder for them to follow the rules. So this morality police is this a a career? 
That is, is that something that people do for 20 years and get a pension? Yeah, it's part of the police. It's part of the, like, security forces. And they are, like, all have uniforms. They all have, like, uh, marked uh, vans that take people away and send them to the, like, uh, correction centers over there. They will give you some lessons. You have to be there to listen to their nonsense advises to tell you how to wear the dress. And I think for the first or second time, they let you go if it happened more than that, uh, you have to go to the jail for that. Mm-hmm. So, folks, uh, uh, we do want to thank uh, uh, Naeem Tarkanian for being here with us today on On the Edge with K.A. Owens. That is, if you want to support uh, the cause of justice, um, Eastern Parkway, Bardstown Road, Saturdays between 1 and 3, the cause of justice for... And also, if uh, you want see more information about what's going on in Iran and uh, what what we do in the Louisville community. There is an Instagram page that you could go and follow, Woman Life Freedom Louisville. We posted over there about what we're doing in Louisville, how we could help Iranian, and some updates about what's going on back there. So if you want to follow us on Instagram, Woman Life Freedom Louisville, you will get more information there. Folks, thank you so much. Back next week.